What is going on, guys? This is Brendan Burns, and welcome to The Brendan Burns Show. Join me as I interview, dissect, and share the stories of high performers who have created the life that they deserve on their terms. I sit down with speakers, professional athletes, and successful entrepreneurs from all over the world who have chosen to live a life of fulfillment and joy over status and money. In each episode, I share actionable strategies that you can implement in your life, plus inspiration along the way. So come join me for this episode of The Brendan Burns Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Brendan Burns Show. Joining us today is David Bingham, who is joining us from England. David has spent many years as a spiritual seeker And it was while listening to a podcast of the teacher, John Wheeler, that he awoke to who he really was. Since then, David has been able to help many realize their true nature, including Rhonda Byrne, author of The Greatest Secret. David is one of the great minds who contributed to this incredibly powerful work. He has also done numerous interviews, which may be found on conscious.tv, where he has shared his experience of self-realization. His website is nonconceptualawareness.com. David Bingham, welcome to the show. Thank you. Very good to to meet you, Brendan. Yes, you as well. So would love to hear more about this podcast that you were listening to by John Wheeler and what was in that episode? What made you awaken to who you really are? That's a powerful line to say. Yes, well, with each of us, um, we could say that the the, the our real self is revealing itself to itself so quite often there's a sequence of events which lead to something um, but uh, John Wheeler is just very clear in the way he describes the nature of reality and um, he, um, he he just spoke in a way that I'd not really heard before in such a simple way um, it actually is a tradition because um, John's teacher was Sailor Bob Adamson, who is a very well-known non-duality teacher. And he, he realized his true nature in the 1970s when he was with um, the famous Indian teacher, Nisargadatta Maharaj. And um, so there, there's something in the way, um, the, the way consciousness or our true nature reveals itself to itself. And, um, and that was the thing with John, that there, there was just a point of clarity where it was just seen really clearly. And um, for all of us, actually, self-realization, it's a bit like, um, well, to use an analogy, it's a bit like assembling, um, say, a piece of IKEA furniture, which is that um, everything is already in front of us. It's just a case of putting it together in the right order because um, you know, lots of people have concepts and direct experiences of their true nature, but there are certain levels where there's some confusion or a lack of clarity or a slight misunderstanding. And so what I've been doing over the past um, 14 years is, um, is speaking to people where I can just sort of fine tune things for them so that they can see totally clearly what their true nature is. Wow. So what... What does that mean, someone's true nature? And maybe you could give a kind of high level practical example of how somebody shows up in life versus what their true nature is and kind of what the difference is between the two. 
Okay, well, um, the human experience is an opportunity to realize our true nature by contrast. So most of the things that are present in human experience are the opposite of our true nature. So for instance, our, our true nature is effortless being, whereas human experience presents itself as something which is based on achieving things in time, on planning, engaging the mind, um, drawing certain things to oneself, pushing other things away, where as we become familiar with our true nature, we can actually allow effortless being, which is the essence of what we truly are, um, to begin to percolate into human experience. So there's a, a practical aspect to it. It isn't just that it's a sort of remote um, experience which has no bearing on life. It's something that can um, really totally transform our human experience and uh, and give it a depth that that isn't previously there. So it's it gives us a completely different dimension to our normal experience. And when you talk about this effortless being, I mean, it's it's just so to me the. I see people, I see my former self, you know, the parts of myself that have not fully awoken yet. And I feel that, I, I understand what you're saying. Could you explain a little bit more about what effortless being is and how someone could step into that more or embrace that more as kind of their norm as opposed to maybe a rare exception to the norm in their life? Yes, um, I'd like to do it with a practical example if I could. Brendan, because this is one of the easiest ways for people to see it. Um, so if you could be um, a volunteer for this, um, it'll take maybe four or five minutes, but, but I think this would give a clearer example of the way everyone can realize their true nature. Absolutely, David, let's do it. Okay, so if we could begin by, um, if you could just notice, um, any thoughts arising in the mind. So just thoughts that could be arising effortlessly in this very moment. Um, it may be that the mind is quite still. Um, so there could be awareness of a still mind. Um, but if you could just tell me what's arising. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny how powerful even that first just one sentence is. Um, I was recently, just before our recording, um, putting together some ads uh, to actually grow this podcast. And so I have some sort of residue thoughts from right before this call of what I should do after this call and how to launch those ads and some things that, you know, and it's already starting to speed up from there, you see. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. So, so there are, so one could say that um, thoughts are arising effortlessly regarding um, the, um, the promotion of this podcast. Um, and it's the, the key thing is to notice that they're effortlessly arising. There isn't anything that Brendan, Brendan is doing personally to make those thoughts arise. Yes, okay. Yeah, they're just, as I sit effortlessly, that's what comes up without me having to do anything, correct? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so could you let me know if there are any feelings in the body or any sensations or emotions arising at the moment, right in this very moment? Um, yeah, I would say, I don't know if overwhelm is a feeling, 
but uh, certainly fear I know is a feeling. Um, okay. And maybe, yeah, some fear around, you know, what will happen, uh, not only with those ads, but with the rest of my day. So those are maybe some other thoughts of my calendar, my schedule. And so okay. yeah, I'd say fear and overwhelm. Well, that's, I really admire you th for admitting to that because that's, that's something that is a sort of background state for many people. And um, so, you know, that level of honesty is really encouraging. That's wonderful. Um, so, so really, again, just noticing that those sensations and emotions and feelings are arising effortlessly. Um, they, we've been conditioned to experience them personally. Um, that's how we've been educated and conditioned. But actually just notice, and for anyone who's listening to this, who can do this in a kind of parallel experience, just notice that any of those sensations or emotions or feelings arise effortlessly and just watch them, just watch them arising rather than identifying with them. I, mean, I can already say just on, I know I'm supposed to be interviewing right now and I'm sitting here kind of like meditating and going through this, but I, I mean, the amount of peace and presence and maybe, I don't know if effortless being is too strong of a word and I'm not there yet from this experience versus how you define that, but I'm sitting here still, present, relaxed, and almost like uh, I've had a whole transformation of my being in just two minutes. Absolutely wonderful. So, oh, so go ahead, yeah. Sorry, Brendan. Certainly don't ever doubt because um, the mind, the mind is the commentator, so it's providing a commentary and, and we've been conditioned to believe what the mind's telling us. But, but actually, the, the truth is that effortless being is always present. It's just that it's overlaid with, with the mind and with activity. Um, so we'll just complete the sequence though. So the, the yeah. next thing would be to just notice any sounds in the room that you're in. Just at any, any sounds um, that, are, that arise effortlessly. So it could be the sound of, well, there is the sound of two voices arising, um, but there could be like a gentle hum of a computer or, um, you know, air conditioning or something, but just whatever, whatever there is effortless awareness of, if you could just let me know. Yeah, it's the humming of my refrigerator. Okay, fantastic. So again, just notice that that, that the awareness of the humming is arising effortlessly. There isn't anything that needs to be done for, for that um, sensation, for that perception to arise. Okay. Okay. Um, so are there any sounds outside the building? Um, traffic or um, birds or aeroplanes, just anything um, outside the building? I can faintly hear cars going by. I can also, I have a screen door here. I could open, I could hear more if I open that, but okay. with everything closed, it's a little bit of cars, but not much. That's brilliant. Okay. So in each of those cases, whether it's on the level of thought, on the level of emotions or feelings in the body, um, perception of any sounds arising in the room or the sounds um, or perceptions outside the building. The same applies, which is that they're all arising effortlessly. 
that there isn't anything required uh, to make those forms arise. So what I'd like to do now is to take, um, take an example. We'll take the example of the sound of the refrigerator. So okay. what I'd like you to do, to do now is to just comment on, on that sound. So it, it's a matter of just engaging the mind to provide a comment on that. So it could, I'll give you a couple of examples, you know, because it's just really simple. It would just be something like, oh, I had this refrigerator, you know, two years ago, it's much quieter than the previous one, or, um, you know, it's quite a soft sound, or, you know, it sort of kicks in sometimes, you know, when it gets warmer, just anything along those lines. Yeah, the, the, the mental commentary coming up for me now about my fridge is, actually very positive, kind of funny, which is uh, it's saying, wow, Brendan, congratulations. Um, you just bought your first home. You moved in two weeks ago and look at this big fridge here and look at this big kitchen. <laughs> it's just kind of, kind of funny and but like sort of commenting yeah. on how exciting it is that I'm here and this fridge is uh, sort of symbolic of that move. That's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. So, what I'd like you to do now is take the direct perception of the sound of the fridge humming away and notice that that's just arising efficacy in awareness. It's arising in efficacy being. Yeah. Okay. okay. And then um, the mind was engaged to provide the, the mental commentary. And Self-realization is utterly simple. It's, it's just overlooked because it's, it's usually um, sort of obscured or, or seemingly obscured. It's actually never obscured, but it's seemingly, seemingly obscured by the activity of the mind. So um, everyone is already resting as effortless being all the time because effortless being is, is simply being aware of what forms arise effortlessly. So it could be a thought in the mind, it could be a sensation or emotion in the body, it could be a sound in the room, it could be um, an aeroplane going by. Um, and each of those things are actually registered directly in awareness. They're not being, they're not actually coming through the mind at all, even though we've been conditioned to believe that everything comes through the mind. So so the mind is simply this device we have available to us and it's available for things like discrimination or judgment or planning and all those practical things. But it isn't, um, it, it isn't available to realize our true nature because it's, it's a secondary device uh, and it's a dualistic device as well. So what you demonstrated there, which you can do, which you did really effectively is you made the, the really clear distinction between resting as effortless being, which is impersonal being, and then engaging the mind um, to conceptualize or to comment, or to comment on a particular, particular experience. And it, it's, it's the, simplicity, the simplicity of that distinction that permits self-realization because effortless being is something that's always here. It isn't, something that is new, it, is, it isn't something that we find in the future, it's something that's right here. Um, and the benefit of becoming familiar with that 
is that we can begin to apply it or it can it begins uh, to become available to us in a practical sense in our daily lives yeah i mean just you running this exercise has taken me from the the way i'm sitting has changed the way i'm breathing has changed uh the worry has all gone away the peace the, the stillness it's it's like it's like i had all these things go it's like i was on fire and you just dumped a huge bucket of cold water on me <laughs> and you know it's like and you caught me at a because I do practices like this usually each morning and yes. I'm familiar with releasing and, and whatnot. Um, but you caught me in a moment where I was, I guess, effortful or, or very activated. And so um, that experience was very powerful. And, you know, if you're not complete, feel free to finish the exercise. But if you are, I guess my next question is, how do you, um, how can we make sure that this is a regular practice? How you know, for someone who went through this with me is listening right now, and they, they're they feeling those same good feelings I'm feeling right now, um, you know, how do we get this to stay or make this more regular? Okay, well, um, what we can do is we can, we can just stop in any moment, and we can notice that what is predominating is effortless being, because the mind is something we've habitually used really since a very early stage of our lives and, and so it has a tendency to to work away it's almost like you know a servant which um you know it has been exploited and it's it's done everything it possibly can up until now to try to satisfy the desires and things that um are, are being sought but actually the mind loves to be able to rest also. So effortless being is something that the mind absolutely takes total delight in. And um, so just in any moment, if because what can, what can still happen is there could be thoughts arising which say, well, actually I'm not self-realized. Um, there is no such thing as effortless being. But if, if the mind gives rise to those thoughts and those thoughts are actually totally independent of effortless being and self-realization uh, they they're totally meaningless in in reality uh, compared to your true nature um but but if there's a, a tendency to believe the mind one can just stop and just go through that simple process and then with familiarity because you can access it at any time of the day or night and um, it just takes you back into that state of peace. It turns the mind off and it gives you the opportunity just to get into a really settled space, which is very beneficial from a health point of view, but also um, from the silence of effortless being comes wisdom. And what comes with wisdom is inspiration. And so the, um, the opportunity to have experiences which just take us totally beyond the limitations of our um, individual human experience and human mind become available to us. And that's why it's such an amazing um, opportunity. And it is available to everyone. Um, it's only a question of whether it's accepted that um, this is possible for you. The reality is that it is, it's available for everyone. And it's so simple just by quietly going through that sequence, um, one can establish that level of 
of silence and stillness and peace, which gives the mind a rest. It gives the whole nervous system a rest. It's so beneficial for health. And it's, it gives um, a level of inspiration um, to our experience, which really gives a clarity in terms of the direction that our lives need to go. Because everyone has a destiny and to realize one's destiny, um, we can do that from efficacious being. It's, it isn't so easy to do it using the mind because the mind doesn't really know what, um, what direction to take us in. Right. My next question is, when you think about this effortless being, having just gone through it, I see the benefits to the mental health, even to the physical body. It's obvious to me and, and I'm, I'm, I'm in. But my, my question is, how do you balance this with, uh, I don't know how much you follow, say Eckhart Tolle, for example, he talks about these concepts of clock time and the practicalities of life. So yes. how, how, how would one balance effortless being with the required tasks of, okay, I need to go make my bed. I need to go to work. I need to engage in these types of activities. Yes. Um, you know, what's the balance between sort of doing and having reasonable mind activity with effortless being? Well, the first thing is to see through that simple exercise that we can actually put the mind down so that it can, you know, we can actually pick it up and engage it to do certain tasks through the day. Um, but also we can put it down and rest. The tendency that a lot of people have, which is really um, something which drains energy hugely is for the mind to be wearing away. It's almost like having a, a power tool, you know, like a drill or something and you're holding it all day and it's just wearing away <laughs> and you're not actually utilizing for, for it for what it's designed for. And, and the thing is that the, the mind actually becomes much more powerful um, when it's able also to be merged into effortless being because it's getting a level of rest and, and we all know that um, rest is, is vital for optimum functioning in activity. But, you know, referring to Eckhart, um, his teaching, which, you know, many of your listeners may be familiar with, is um, the idea of non-resistance. So, um, so just by engaging in activity, so we can actually maintain effortless being even when we're when we're active. So we could be physically active, we could be running, we could be working, you know, we could be writing. Um, whatever activity we're engaged in, we can actually uh, begin to allow effortless being to remain through those experiences. And the way we do it is, is through not feeling that we have to be moving into the, the next moment to achieve something. So the conditioning we have as human beings is things like achieving things in time and planning and all of those things. But um, what, what tends to happen once we begin to function from effortless being is that we're able to see that the most inspiring um, ideas that come to us and the most um, amazing opportunities, they come to us effortlessly. So it, it's, it's beginning to um, allow effortlessness to, to sort of have an influence on our individual experience. And the way that manifests is that um, we begin to, well, there's the, the biblical 
phrase, be as little children, which is that um, all the things we're engaged in as adults that we've been conditioned to do, which is try to, you know, create a good career, we, try, we you know, try to, um, you know, have good relationships, a good family, make money, all of those sort of things. Um, that's based on the mind's idea of what needs to be done. But actually, there can be uh, a transformation between relying on the mind and allowing effortless being to um, bring things to us. And um, I'll give you an example of the way it's been for me, because this might clarify in a practical sense the way things can work. Oh, yes. Um, so, so I realized my true nature in 2005. It was November the 13th, 2005, when I listened to the John Wheeler podcast. And um, it, it was such an amazing um, thing that the mind was in total awe for a while and it didn't really know what to make of it. But then after a few weeks, the mind started saying, well, it would be great to, to share this with other people, you know, because um, it would be wonderful for others to be able to, um, you know, to be able to have this um, knowledge and, and for self-realization and liberation to take place for everyone. So, so I made a list of, um, of people I knew, family, members and, and friends who I thought would be receptive. So I, I made these recordings of the John Wheeler podcast and I posted them to each of these people I thought would benefit. And, um, and I received absolutely no response whatsoever. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> because, and, and really what, what happened is, um, it was actually effortless being was already beginning to guide me in a way um, of functioning in a well, well to function in a different way, and that was um, that that experience created total surrender. Now, surrender sometimes is thought of as a spiritual experience, but actually, it's a practical experience, and it's something we do all the time. So, in that situation, um, you know, I. I took the time to do the recordings. I posted them all out. You know, I was waiting for a response. Nothing happened. So the surrender actually took the form of, well, that was a complete, not a waste of time. I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's how surrender can be. It's just the clarity of seeing the futility of something. Um, what happened from there then is um, I completely dropped the idea of trying to introduce this to anyone. And um, um, a little while later, um, I was watching um, a recording of, a, of, of one of my previous teachers, a guy called Roger Linden, and he was one of the first people to be interviewed on Conscious TV, I think in 2008. And um, I just wrote, a, I, I wrote an email to Ian McNay at Conscious TV, um, you know, just saying that I really enjoyed the interview. It's wonderful that they have this platform for people, to, you know, to see directly examples of especially western people and people who are familiar with them um, who have achieved realization and um, I didn't know at the time but Ian told me later that he has a, a person who is also self-realized who Ian gets to check the um, post the emails and things and this guy can detect whether the person who's writing in is self-realized or not so from, from that came um, 
a response to my email and, and, and Ian McNay invited me to be interviewed on Conscious TV. So again, that came effortlessly. It wasn't something, I wasn't writing to Ian to see if I could appear on Conscious TV. I was just, you know, writing about the Roger Linden interview. But um, allowing that process to happen, I realized that, that that had come to me effortlessly. And, and although my, you know, the, the tendency of David Bingham is, is to be quite introverted. So um, the mind was saying, well, what, what do you want to go and do that for? You know, that's not really the sort of thing that David Bingham would do. But, but because it's based on effortlessness and surrender, I recognized that I needed to, to go along and do that because it, it had come to me effortlessly. So I went and did the interview um, and, and then um, over you know, the, the period of time from 2008 when I did the recording to now, I've spoken to thousands and thousands of people all around the world, you know, and many of them have realized their true nature. Uh, so, so that's an example of the way effortless being begins to orchestrate things in a way that's totally different to engaging the mind. So everything that's happened, so all of those people, you know, where there's been self-realization and, and Rhonda, you know, Rhonda, Rhonda Byrne is one of those. Um, and then the way, you know, things just kind of emerge in a way there's, where there's no, there's no effort on my part. So there was, you know, I, I didn't do anything to try to persuade Rhonda to contact me or to include me in her book or to do anything at all, really. So everything that happens, I do on the basis of um, people approaching me rather than trying to initiate anything. So I, I haven't initiated anything. I don't do... I don't do group meetings. I don't do anything that is trying to promote myself as a teacher. I only respond, um, but I try to respond to everyone, you know, everyone who contacts me. And, and the amazing thing is that because effortless being is also infinitely intelligent, the, the people that contact me are the ones who resonate with my version of, um, you know, the delivery that can help re uh, realization. And so that's how it's been so amazingly successful. But I can't take credit for it on an individual level because I've had nothing to do with that. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of a big change I made to my own business in the past, I don't know, year where I used to really, it's, I kind of think of it, you could say effort versus effortless or kind of push pull where yes. if I was, building out my coaching practice, for example, and there was someone who was interested in working with me, the minute they expressed any level of interest, instead of me being effortless, I made every push and follow up to get them on board as a client, follow yeah. up email, follow up call, follow up texts, you know, let's keep talking. Yes. And, and, and I, what I happened was I was chasing down some of these bad rabbit holes of people a lot of people who maybe just expressed interest but weren't really ready to commit versus now being much more effortless with that process in my business of, hey, I, I've expressed to this person what this journey and what this work looks like, and they have the information necessary to reach it out to me and say, hey, Brendan, I'm, I'm excited to go on this journey with you. And that's one example. I think you see this in relationships as well. Yes. Um, even when I was like, I just mentioned I purchased a house 
I live in California. Yes. Um, last year, I was in the process of buying a house in New York. And no matter how much effort I put into trying to get that house to be bought, it just didn't happen. Yes. Ultimately, the stock market crashed, coronavirus happened, the mortgage company couldn't make the loan. And then this time around, when I made an offer on this house in California, I said, I didn't use the word effortless, but basically I said, I'm going to be very effortless with this process. And either this house, house will become mine or it won't. But I've already learned that no matter how many emails, phone calls, or worries I have, it's not going to make the deal happen. That's absolutely brilliant, Brendan. And in a way, it illustrates, you know, the reason for our conversation, because there's obviously, you know, a similarity in frequency, which is why we can have this conversation and that you're, you know, totally familiar with everything that I've put forward. And um, th that's how things tend to be, that we've, we quite often integrate many aspects of a sort of higher frequency of consciousness to, into our experience, but it's only looking retrospectively that we can see that that's happened. And, and um, you're, so you're clearly functioning from, um, from those levels. Um, now, for many people, um, surrender is something that makes um, effortless being um, the, the center of their sort of practical experience. And the way that can happen is, you know, sometimes it's in quite, quite extreme circumstances. So sometimes maybe if someone is ill or even given the current situation, you know, the, the lockdown and everything, um, there has to be a complete surrender. And I think, you know, lots of people um, are finding that, you know, spending time alone, um, not having to be frantically active, it's given them a different dimension to their experience. And it's also, um, given them the opportunity to access levels that they wouldn't ordinarily access. And the, the human experience exists between two polarities. The one is infinite bliss and the other one is insatiable desire. And what's predominated in the world for quite a long time is insatiable desire. And it's become so extreme that, you know, the oceans have become polluted, and you know everything that's happened in the environment actually has its basis in insatiable desire and and the, the thing is that no no matter how much money or no matter how much you know sort of the gross experiences we have it never satisfied because it's at the other end of the scale the only opportunity we all have is to begin to access infinite bliss and the the, the portal into infinite bliss is through effortless being because we david we, yeah uh, go ahead no I, I was just going to say that the effortless being is is the the point at which we can just totally relax and then the bliss which is intrinsic with our within our own true nature begins to come to the surface but that bliss isn't in relation to any type of stimulus. It isn't in relation to any type of possession or, you know, or, or sensory experience or anything. It's just the nature of our true beingness. And it's, it can be seen, you know, look into the eyes of children, especially up till the age of two, and they're just in total ecstasy. And, and that, 
becomes available to us. Um, through becoming more familiar with effortless being, we can begin to permit the joy and then the, the bliss to arise. And what comes with that is an end to all the seeking. So all the seeking that we're doing and all the conditioning we've had for possessing things, you know, whatever those possessions are, you realize you don't actually need any of them. And um, that, that really is the way human consciousness can totally turn around. And um, in, you know, in, in the way things are at the moment, competition is seen to be the primary motivator. But actually cooperation is a much more favorable one because with effortless being, we actually recognize that the beingness that we are is, is the infinite being. It's the beingness within which the, the whole universe is appearing. And therefore, as we become established in effortless being, we, we begin to realize that everything is us, that the subject object mode of experience that we've been conditioned to experience through can actually be put to one side and we experience in unity. So there's a recognition that everyone is you, that every form is you, every wave is you. And, and, and the way that changes human experience is, it, is that it, it allows us to treat everyone as oneself. And, and it's an amazing opportunity that's available now. It's actually the infinite being. It isn't, it isn't that there are individuals who are conceiving this. It's that there is, that there's an actually, there's actually a, a rising of infinite consciousness for the infinite being wants to know itself um, through the limitations of form and to experience itself through those limitations. And so the opportunity to experience in unity rather than in duality or in a fragmentary sense is actually available to everyone now. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I, I would like to share with you um, a journal entry that I wrote last night, which I think is really funny because I did not, I've never heard the term effortless being. I did not write this in anticipation of our, um, of our podcast episode today, but I, I wrote down, it's not long, I just said, for the majority of my adult life, I have spent my efforts and I think it's really funny and a coincidence. <laughs> I use the word efforts. I said, for the majority of my adult life, I've spent my efforts on accumulating accomplishments, money, nice things, prestigious jobs, more clients. And then I said, and that has mostly contributed to me feeling more isolated. All I've ever wanted was love, human connection, fun, friendship, growth. And I've had those all along and never have to work for any of them. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And it's just so funny that we're here having this conversation about effort versus effortlessness and, and tying that back into what I just kind of realized yesterday. Absolutely. Well, that's, you know, that's a, a totally clear recognition of effortless being which you know arose prior to our conversation which is that's the way you can see that infinite intelligence is actually available to us and that it presents itself and um, it's a resource that is totally infinite and and also it, it becomes magnified the more people 
you know, who are beginning to function from efficacious being, the more it's going to predominate in human experience. And then it just becomes the most amazing thing. And, and the, the qualities you just describe, you know, of, of love, connectedness, compassion, synchronicity, empathy, telepathy, all of those things become available to us from moment to moment. And it's the most amazing thing. And um, the, the, the reason we have the human experience really is to allow infinite love, which is um, intrinsic within, within our true nature to express itself in a personal way. So um, the intensity of, of personal love is something that is available to us on a human level, but it isn't available to us um, in our infinite nature because in infinite nature, there is only unity. So, so the love is unified. So there's a unified love for absolutely everything. But, you know, in, in the human experience, and this is the reason we, you know, we're having this is, is so that we can experience the intensity of infinite impersonal love channeled through our human personal experiences. Yeah. I'm also thinking like, how do you cultivate your life? Maybe tell me if I'm not being effortless enough here, but I'm saying, <laughs> how do you, uh, you know, I would imagine surrounding yourself with some level of intentionality with people who are like-minded, um, creating a habitual practice of saying, I'm going to do an effortless being meditation each morning. Um, you know, one thing that I've done is just having this podcast, obviously it's become a lot bigger than myself, but just having it for myself keeps me in integrity and in a good routine of habitually speaking to people like yourself, which is kind of like uh, adds to my own practice. But have you ever found yourself, you know, off the tracks of effortless being since your awakening? Um, and, and if so, are, are there any measures people could take to um, kind of cultivate a life that keeps them on a good sort of effortless track? Yes, well, what can happen, and I'd, I'd like to mention it at this stage, is that Sometimes when we, when we see our true nature, when we see that we are actually effortless being rather than human being, um, that can put the mind into a kind of scramble mode. And it's almost, um, it's almost like a, a program on the computer or even a virus on the computer where it reinstalls or tries to reinstall. So it, the mind sometimes following um, realization um, can come back with a vengeance so it can try to give rise to experiences and they tend to be familiar ones so for instance condition programs we each have you know lots of people have a feeling of either unlovability or um, you know limiting concepts like that so sometimes after realization in the process of integration which follows which maybe can be a couple of years or so those um, experiences can can arise and it's knowing that um, it's the mind trying to reinstall and to try to take center stage again. But it's really good to, you know, to just to witness those and disregard them really, not buy into them uh, because they, they actually become very predictable. You can, say, you can see it's the mind giving us an invitation back into um, limitation. And so we, 
it's possible just to decline that invitation. Just watch it and say, oh yeah, that's the mind. It wants to take us to this party of suffering again. I don't think I'm going to bother this time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so with, um, but, but to answer your question on, um, on the, way the way life can be on a practical level is there's, there's actually a change in the way we function. So life can be as dynamic as before, you know, there can be lots of physical activity, lots of um, any type of activity, really. But um, the basis of the activity, um, which I can tell with you, Brendan, is already the primary way, is inspiration. Because the you obviously felt very inspired to create this platform to speak to people, and on some level, it's, it's a kind of personal experience because as you mentioned, you were having the direct experience of speaking with all these people, um, but also it's something that you're sharing. So it, it's like your infinite self is making this available. And so you're already, you're already on this very clear um, path of destiny because what will unfold from here can, can be absolutely amazing, especially when it's being consciously um, activated from effortless being rather than from the mind. Um, so it's really doing what you're already doing, which is is basing, basing we base activity on things that really inspire us. Um, and what tends to happen is that, you know, a lot of people are really burning out, but the reason they're burning out is because they're trying to create these possessions, you know, they're trying to attract these different possessions which um, you know, we've conditioned to be conditioned to believe will make us happy. But once you begin to access effortless being, you realize happiness isn't dependent on any type of sensory experience. Um, so th that doesn't mean that we, you know, we don't have a nice house or a nice car or a nice relationship and a really nice family. All of those things are still available to us. But um, as you mentioned earlier, you can kind of detect whether um, something is going to be um, taking you in the right direction or taking you into a bit of a cul-de-sac. And, and you, you, you realized that um, when you were trying to buy the, the property in New York. Um, and that's a really clear example because you find that the things which are meant to be, they come to you and you don't need to strain. Um, the things which are clearly not for you, um, you can, you know, scratch away for a very long time and it comes to absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's well said, it's well said. I'm just curious, did you, uh, what were you doing professionally before you got into this? Were you doing other types of kind of spiritual work pre your awakening? Did you have a career before this and something else? <laughs> Um, yes, I'd, I'd actually practiced meditation since I was 23. I, um, I'm an artist, so um, I actually um, learned meditation in my final year at um, art school. Um, so the, the art actually was, was looking for um, realization. It was the closest thing I could find, you know, the subtlety you know, when we look at a painting by Piero della Francesca or Vermeer or, you know, lots of the, the greats, 
they create a sense of stillness um, in our nervous system. And I'd recognize that there's something about that. Um, so, so art is something that I've always done. Um, also, my, my family have been in, involved in property as well. Um, so, you know, I've, you know, I've uh, been involved in that to some degree as well. Um, but one of the, um, one of the key moments of surrender was me, uh, for me was, was in the recession of the 1990s, um, in the early 1990s, where um, everything, you know, about the business I had, this property development business, um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd worked through, you know, and created quite a lot of money in quite a short period of time. Um, but then the recession came and interest rates went up really high. And there was a point at which there was absolutely nothing the mind could do. No matter how much effort was being made, it wasn't going to turn the situation around. So I actually just took the decision to go and live in a meditation community for five years. And, um, and actually that, that was the, the best thing because everything resolved um, as a result of that. Um, so, so surrender is something that can be presented to us um, you know, in, in, in many different ways. Um, lots of people surrender if there's Ill, Ill health or if there are financial problems or even, um, you know, even in relationships and things. Um, there's a guy I've spoken to, um, I, spoke, <laughs> I spoke to him this week, he's an amazing guy actually, his name's Ken um, and he lives in Copenhagen. And um, Ken received a um, a preview of um, Rhonda's book, The Greatest Secret, on his telephone, and he had no prior um, knowledge of spirituality. Um, he'd lived in a very um, sort of minimal way all through his life, and there, there was some sort of basis there. But he had this, um, he just felt so inspired when he received this, um, this preview that he just wanted to dedicate his time to that solely. So, you know, in lockdown, he, he was just in his room and I had three conversations with him and Ken realized his true nature before the end of February. And um, that was such an amazing thing from a completely cold start where there was no prior spiritual experience um, to, you know, just total clarity within a few weeks, really. Yeah. That's that's incredible. And I just kind of want to end by saying that, like you've said, the surrender seems like such a big component of it. And if you could kind of give your closing thoughts on how people can let go of their fear, that tightness, that control that they're holding on to, obviously the fallacy of, I mean, if I hold on and I don't surrender, then I'll get what I want, quote unquote. Right. Yes. You know, you know, it's the irony of when you actually totally let go and surrender and go into effortless being, you wind up getting all those things. And especially, like you said, those feelings of happiness. And if there's any kind of last comment you could put on that, because, I mean, you know, obviously, I think I know I've had some of those experiences and to get more listeners um, to maybe trust or feel comfortable letting go of the fear and embracing a bit more of that surrender. Yes. Well, fortunately, it doesn't take catastrophic events to surrender. Um, surrender can be a gradual process. So, um, 
it's possible to make the transition from mind predominance and activity based on you know the the, the activity of the mind um, to um, becoming familiar with effortless being and it's only a matter of listening to the very simple exercise that we demonstrated at the beginning of the conversation um, the more familiar we become with efficacy being the more we can function from that level and then th there's a noticing of things coming in so synchronicities like your journal for instance become apparent to you so you can see that there's an intelligence that's organizing things behind the scenes and and that becomes more and more predominant so the more we notice those things the more they reveal them to us. And, and so um, there can be a very natural and smooth transition between um, relying on the mind and allowing our infinite consciousness um, and infinite intelligence to come through. And um, it's really um, something that can it just, it's just a very joyful experience for most people because we can make that transition by primarily making the way we feel in every day the priority. So we prioritize feeling good. We prioritize doing things that make us feel uplifted. We, we don't um, focus on things which are going to um, overburden us or make us too tired. Doing things that just make us feel calm. Um, going through that little sequence which after a little while, you won't need to do it because you'll be so familiar with it and effortless being will become um, apparent um, very easily. And so just um, be as easy as possible, trust oneself, um, know that everything is available to you. It isn't something that you need to go out chasing. You don't need to go to India. You don't need to go and speak to anybody because everyone is Everyone is the totality of existence and everyone already is infinite intelligence. It's just that we've played this game of distraction where we've, um, where we've put the mind at the forefront. Um, the reason we've done it is so that we can have the joy of returning to our true infinite effortless blissful nature. Yeah, wow. You know, it's just, I'll just put a bow on all of this by kind of coming full circle from our conversation, David, of saying, when we first started, I came in, I was carrying a lot of that kind of mind activity and, and effort as opposed to the effortless being and saying, oh man, you know, I got to get these ads up and I got to drive the download numbers even higher, lack of celebration about my show and, and what it's already doing. And to think that, you know, let's say I had a maybe less spiritual guest on, or I didn't have this podcast at all. Maybe I would hop right back into those ads um, on, a, on a Friday afternoon. And instead to say, you know what? Um, I'm going to go. It's, I've spent so long to get to this point of being in sunny California. No offense to the weather in England, David. <laughs> <laughs> and to say, I'm going to, you know, it's 70 degrees out. It's beautiful. I just did this podcast. I'm going to do those ads on Monday and when I have more resources and my team available anyway, and I'm going to go out and go for a nice walk in the sun. And, and like you said, prioritize my feelings because the fallacy is I need the ads on and I need the higher downloads to be happy when the reality is I can go 
that do effortless being outside in the sun with community and myself and my dog. And that's really where I see the happiness coming from. That's so clear. That's absolutely wonderful, Brendan. And um, it's been a total joy to speak with you because, you know, everything um, that is required is already functioning for you. And, um, you, you know, it's, it's just been really inspiring to, you know, to discover your level of clarity. Um, you know, my, my initial thoughts of wondering, you know, how deeply we can go into this were totally unfounded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, likewise. I know we were uh, a mutual connection of Hale Dwoskin, who uh, is a friend and recently came on the show. But uh, yeah. yeah, this was a real pleasant surprise, a real treat. And uh, I want to thank you again for your time and, and importantly ask, because I know the listeners are wondering this too, um, I mentioned some uh, links and, and things in the, in the introduction, but if you could please take a minute to share, um, if people are interested in learning more about you, how they can do that, where they can find you and your work. Okay, well, yes, I'm, I'm featured in Rhonda Byrne's latest book, The Greatest Secret, which is a great introduction to non-duality for people who aren't already familiar with it. Um, it's something that needs to be looked at um, in a very gent gentle and enjoyable way, um, rather than engaging the mind, because the mind can't get it, because the mind isn't the correct instrument. Um, I also have a, I have a, a website which is um, nonconceptualawareness.com, and there are lots of um, transcripts and um, interviews on there for people who want to know more. And there are also um, on Conscious TV lots of other teachers, because um, certain teachers resonate with certain people. Um, it, you know, it may be that people look at Rhonda's book and there, there's a particular teacher that they really resonate with. And that's, um, that's the thing to go by. It's going by one's own feeling and trusting one's own intuition. Um, I also do one-to-one um, -one consultations with people who feel inspired to do that. Um, but what I'm noticing is that um, the clarity is available to people and the resources are, are available so that people can um, find their own way. But there is, you know, there is the opportunity to have a chat sometimes. Um, but um, yeah, I think that what, what's, um, what's apparent is that this whole new way of functioning, which is functioning from our infinite nature rather than our, our limited nature, is a, a global possibility. And I think it's really going to grow exponentially. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, David Bingham coming in from uh, the United Kingdom, from England. Thank you again very much for coming on the show, for sharing your story and for inspiring all of us to embrace effortless being and uh, go on that journey and, and experience that. So David, thank you again very much for your time today. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much, Brendan. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Brendan Burns Show. If it's your first time here, please make sure to subscribe on the Apple Podcasts app or in Spotify. Also, please leave us a rating or written review. This helps others learn about the show and spread the word to new and more people. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.